Well, good Merry Christmas, everybody. Good morning, and to everybody online. So glad you can join us today, and uh, we're so pleased to see you all this morning. Well, what a crazy year it's been, 2020. Um, in January, as a family, we were and as a church, we were looking forward to three weddings early January. Um, but we had to bring them all early. Matthew and Precious got married. They were due to be married in March. They had to bring it early. And there was just a few of us who married them in the church here. Social distance, very, very few people indeed. And then Chloe and Russo and Bea and Darko. We had to bring their marriage early. When we heard that lockdown was happening, we got a text. Can we get married tonight? <laughs> what, tonight? Yes, tonight. Because if they don't get married tonight, who knows how long lockdown would last. And now we do know how long lockdown would last. And they would have been able to be, see one another. They'd be distant. So we got hold of our Tracy, who's one of the registrars in the church here, and her husband, Robert. And we all came down. And there was only a handful of us in the cafe area, and we had to marry Biondarko and Russo and uh, Chloe before midnight. And we were down here at 11 o'clock at night doing speed marriage. <laughs> and it was really interesting. I mean, Russo's parents were living in Bahrain, and they had to wake them up, and they watched over FaceTime. I remember when we did Matthew and Precious's wedding, we said, who gives this woman to this man and Precious's father in London with all the family all across the UK. He stood up in his living room, suited up like we all were in, in the cafe. I do. And it was a, an interesting, romantic, crazy, unexpected. I think the highlight was because Russo's ring hadn't come through for that time. It was like, with this Coke can ring, <laughs> I take you, Russo, to be my husband. It was an interesting, funny, romantic, and wonderful time, and something surely to tell the children and the grandchildren. And, uh, well, what an experience. So what an amazing time. Diaries have been cancelled, flights have been cancelled, holidays have been cancelled, schools have been cancelled, we've been Zoomed out, we've been doing church online, goodness me. How difficult that has been. Take one, take 22, take 32. Absolutely exhausting. But we got there in the end. I don't know about you. I'm sure you've experienced it too. There have been times with this lockdown and this year we've been absolutely fed up. And there's other times we've been hopeful and had, had our hope renewed. And that is just the way it's gone. But there have been moments, haven't there? where there have been silver linings in this cloud of difficulty. I remember on VE Day, when we were just observing people's warmth and friendliness, and I'm sure you've seen this, the, the, the friendliness dial has gone up. On VE Day in our estate, this guy just randomly got out of his guitar, his PA system, on the garden, and started singing songs of the 70s and 80s and 90s that everybody loved. Everybody poured out of their home, 
socially distancing, of course, and enjoying in the brilliant and surprising sun that we had in Swansea, this incredible entertainment. And it happened to be the same day that Russo and Chloe were due to be married in May. And so we decided to put a table out, get a cake, balloon, champagne, and have a reception for four in the garden. And as we did this, this lady walked past who was a professional photographer and began to take professional photographs of this wedding reception for four and gave them to us for free. The kindness of people this year has been wonderful and really encouraging. And I was so pleased when my gym opened because uh, I've got a very friendly gym. It's one of the reasons I enjoy going down there. So I, actually, I hate it for the exercise, but I enjoy it for the people. And I went down there and I noticed the friendly volume had gone up significantly, and people who I hadn't even met or spoke to were talking and engaging. I'm sure you found this as well, because we were so people-starved for so long. And even recently, there was one gentleman who I hadn't seen before, because I normally go in the morning, but I went in the evening on this occasion, and he just came over, he's chatting to me, he's about my age. And every time he talked to me, he started mentioning how he'd got a, a pain in his shoulder for two years, he's struggling with the weights, every time he moves it is painful, the doctors had put two of these amazing supersonic injections in him and they weren't touching him. And uh, I said, is it really that bad? And he says, yes, it's really, really painful. And he'd just come back from the doctors and they said it's going to be a long time getting better. Two years uh, recovery. And he's had, sorry, he's had it for two years and it can be a long recovery because nothing was touching it. And I thought at that stage, do you know what? I would feel so bad if I just walked away right now because we've seen so many people healed of, of, of their conditions and of their sicknesses and their pains and injuries. So I said to him, hey, I know this might sound strange, but in my church we pray for people like that. And whilst I can't guarantee it, I wouldn't be surprised if you got healed if you allowed me to pray for you. Uh, this evening. It'll just take about 10 seconds if you want to. He goes, oh, yes, please. It was a really, really friendly, easygoing guy. And he said, yes, please. He says, well, finish your workout, and I'll catch you at the end. And at the end, uh, I, I got him to say the simple prayer, Lord Jesus, heal me now. And I said, in the name of Jesus, I command this pain to go. And I said, is it any better? And he went, nope. And I said, oh, don't worry about that. Sometimes it'll take one or two goes. We prayed again, and on the second go, how's it now? Out of five, five out of ten, what's the improvement? We go, oh, oh, it's much better, it's five. So we prayed again. And on the third go, it was an eight. He said, oh, gosh, it's an eight. He goes, how does that work? Because he was surprised. And I said, well, you know, Jesus was alive 2,000 years ago, and he healed people, and he's alive today because he came back from the dead. He does the same time of stuff. He said, let's give it another go. Are you up for that? And he goes, yes. Prayed one more time, and all the pain had gone. He still didn't work out how it worked. To be honest, neither do I know how it really works. I just know that Jesus answers prayers in his name. And he went home, and he said, oh, you need to speak to my son. He's had operations and everything. And uh, it was, a, it was a, a wonderful evening. But that happened just because somebody was friendly. And uh, I'm sure you've been encouraged by the increased friendliness of people over these difficult periods. Another thing that we've noticed, haven't we, together, is the kindness of people. Take, for example, Thursday night, the NHS clap. Uh, for those heroic workers in the NHS, alongside the teachers, the key workers, shop workers, Amazon delivery drivers, thank you God for them, and everyone who's just kept the wheels 
of our life turning and a little bit easier. And then we think of those who have been raising money for charity, like Captain Tom. I mean, gosh, that man zooming back and forth in his garden. What an amazing thing. And the body coach, Joe Wicks, raising money for the HSS. Kindness has been absolutely astonishing, hasn't it? But I've been reflecting on this, and the reason why we are kind, even in adverse circumstances, is because the Bible says we're made in the image of God who is kind. And we are kind because we're made in his likeness. We love people because it says God is love and we are made in his likeness. Yes, we don't reflect it perfectly, but we have the capacity to be kind and the capacity to love and the capacity to reach out for people because that's who God is and we're made like him. And we have the capacity to be close to people because God does. And he longs to be close to us, just as we long to be close to others. And the thing is, and you know this as well as I do, the world can be brilliant around us. We go on our COVID walks and we look at the beautiful trees, especially when the summer was great and those green leaves on the trees were amazing. And the world can be beautiful. We can discover it afresh. But we... There's something missing if we can't have the people we love close to us. And everything can be brilliant on the outside, but on the inside, there's like something not quite right if we can't be close to the people we know and love. Just like the song that uh, Zoe and the band just sang by James Morrison, it says this, one line says this, it's a beautiful world, but I don't feel it right now because you're not here. And I'm sure that you'll agree with me that the COVID year has brought that sentiment right up to the surface for us time and time again, whether it's friends, children, grandchildren, grandparents. We've been longing to see people and there's been a discontent within our heart when, we, when so much can be good around us. And uh, Sarah and I, uh, like many of you, have done everything that we can safely and legally to connect with people. We've had so many coffees, cakes, meals in the back garden where we were able to, two uh, meter distancing over tables. It's been virtually pouring down with rain. We've been juggling with parasols, trying to put them together so we can meet with people. It's even gone late into the evening where we got blankets and coats and woolly hats and scarves and extra socks. Who does that? Who does that and endures that kind of SAS military torture? We do it just because we want to be close to the people we know and we love. And we would go to any lengths to have a connection and be close. And nearly two, over 2,000 years ago, God demonstrated that love and that same heart that he's put within you and me. When 2,000 years ago, he went to any lengths to be close to us. He left heaven and came to earth, he reached out to earth so that you and I could have a relationship with us, uh, with God, and that he could be with us. When you look at those Christmas cards and it says, Emmanuel, look at the line before, before it, because it says, Emmanuel, often God with us, because that's what it means, God with us. God has come to us 
over 2,000 years ago in Jesus so that we could be close to him and he could be close to us. He's made a beautiful world to enjoy with us, but it just doesn't feel right for you or for him unless he's involved in our lives. God reaching down, reaching out, longing to be with you, and he came to us in the form of that baby. He risked it all at Christmas when he became so vulnerable so dependent upon a mum and dad and, a, and human beings. He did it so that he could grow to be a man at Easter and die on the cross. Why did he die on the cross? Well, he died on the cross for the way that we don't perfectly reflect his image. The ways that the times that we don't love as we want to. The times that we aren't as kind as we wish we could be. The times that we don't live up to our expectations for in our own eyes, let alone other people's eyes. He did it to forgive us and remove us, uh, remove that and set us free so that we could actually know the presence of God, helping us in life, forgiving us for the times we don't perfectly reflect his image of kindness and love in our lives to others. And also giving us the assurance of heaven when we die. Now, as I've chatted to people throughout this year, and I'm sure you've found the same, one of the big fears in this COVID year has been a fear of dying. And it's again brought to the surface of what happens when I die? Where do I go? And there's been an increased uh, questioning and searching around this. I've got a very good friend of Sarah and myself called John Burke, and he wrote this amazing book called Imagine Heaven. It's a, a Times bestseller, New York Times bestseller. And he interviewed hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people across the world from all different types of backgrounds and circumstances. And these were people who had had near-death experiences. They died, gone to heaven, and come back because their time to stay there wasn't yet. And he analyzed them, and then he compared their stories to the Bible. And, he, and it was absolutely remarkable. One, how consistent people's experience was from all over the world in different circumstances and different generations and different backgrounds. And how close they were to what the Bible teaches and explains to us what heaven is like. It's an absolutely eye-opening book, and I would encourage you to buy it. It's astounding, encouraging, and astonishing. One of the things that nearly everybody talks about, having been to heaven and come back, is the beauty of heaven. They talk on how green and living the grass is, the flowers, the rivers, the skies, the colors. They even talk about how you can see colors that you have never even seen before. Can you imagine that? Well, it's difficult to imagine, but they all talk about it. And the music and all they, they say how they're greeted with people that they know, people who have surrendered their lives to Jesus. And they're greeted sometimes by angels, but sometimes by people that they know. And they all meet with Jesus. And, it's, and they say, Jesus and all of heaven is like living with love. And they are totally embraced with love. And so there's no need to fear. And God doesn't want you to fear life after death because we can have the assurance of forgiveness and heaven and this amazing future waiting for us. This year was a challenging year for Sarah, myself, and our family as my mum had been bedridden for the whole year. And just a few weeks ago, we were at her bedside 
when she passed and she went to be with Jesus, she had an incredibly strong faith. And one of the things that we noted is that she was not frightened of dying. And often, there she would be at the bedside, and I would go in each lunchtime and, and feed her lunch because she couldn't feed herself. And I would put on worship music from our morning services, just like you've heard this morning. And whenever I did, her eyes would light up. She would glow with delight. And it was as if she was caught up in the presence of Jesus himself. It was sometimes so amazing, I'd be frightened to look around just in case like Jesus had walked into the room and she could see him, but I couldn't. It was absolutely astonishing, but she never feared death at all. I remember her telling me, no, sorry, I remember listening as a little boy to my mum and dad speaking once. I was about 12 at the time. They'd just visited my grandmother when she was on her deathbed, and she died that, after, that evening. In the afternoon, they visited her in the nursing home, and they were explaining how my grandmother, who had a deep faith in Jesus, was on, almost like on the edge of her bed, reaching up into the, into the sky, hands in the air, going, oh, the joy, the joy, the joy, the joy. And she was naming all of her brothers and sisters and, and, and relatives that were there waiting for her in heaven. It's just God had opened her eyes and she got a glimpse into heaven. And she, rather being frightened of going there, was almost reaching out to go there. Well, I saw that in my mother as well. And it just goes to speak, just as that book Imagine Heaven talks about. And Jesus himself talked about, he says, Do not fear, in this world you'll have many troubles or many fears, but do not worry, I've overcome the world and I've gone to prepare a place for you and I will receive you, speaking of that reception that people will have. So we don't need to be frightened, we don't need to worry, because Jesus came at Christmas time to die on the cross at Easter time, that we could know forgiveness, we could know the assurance of heaven when we die. And in an uncertain year of COVID, we can know God's love, God's kindness, God close to you. We can know the reassurance of forgiveness and the assurance of heaven. And Jesus said this, and it's for me and it's for you and it's for everybody. All who come to me, I will not turn away. So I'm going to pray a prayer now. And it's a prayer by which you can come to Jesus just like I did many years ago, and many people in this room have done at a different time of their life. You can come to Jesus, and as we pray it, and as we believe it, and as we receive Jesus with absolute sincerity, you can be assured that he will never turn you away, and he will never leave you, and he will be close to you, and fulfill a longing of your heart, and it will be a longing of God's heart, to love you, to be close to you, and never leave you. For he said these words, I will never leave you or forsake you to the very end. So the prayer will come up on the screen, and you can pray it underneath your breath, and you can pray it underneath your mask. But Jesus will hear the prayer of your heart, and he will answer, because he says, all who open the door to him, I will come in, and he will be in relationship with you. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you that you came to this earth as a baby. 
to die on the cross as a man to bring me forgiveness. I receive you and your forgiveness now. Come into my heart, come into my life, and be my Savior. Give me the free gift of heaven and friendship with you. I turn to you today. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Happy Christmas. And I hope 2021 is a better year for you in many ways. God bless you.